thank you to Kenneth Copeland Ministries for sowing the airtime for this broadcast. There's enough power in every sick room and in every hospital room to raise up that sick one that may be describing you. Yes, you yes. may be in a sick room. You may be in a hospital room. And I want to remind you, power is present. That power is there to do a work. Believe in what's present, not try to get something, but notice that he's already made it yours. It's present right where you're at. Say, I receive that power. I receive that power. I receive it right now. I receive it right now. From the top of my head. The top of my head. To the soles of my feet. The soles of my feet. Welcome. We're so glad you're joining us today for Jesus the Healer. We have been right in the middle of a series. We want you to go back and watch previous episodes because um, there's so much said in previous series that we're only able to get to segments within each episode. So you don't get a complete understanding of everything that we're, we're touching on just by watching one episode. So go back and watch previous ones. This series I'm teaching out of my book called The Price of the Double Portion Anointing. And um, know this, there's an anointing that abides within every believer. And we need to be skillful at yielding to that anointing, Mm -hmm. drawing on that anointing so that it flows unhindered. Um, I don't mean to imply by the title that everyone will operate under a double portion anointing. That is not true. There's a difference between an anointing within and an anointing that comes upon. For the believer, it's the anointing within. Uh, for fivefold ministry, it's primarily the anointing that comes upon that enables them to stand in front of the people ministering to the needs of the people. Right. And so, but I'm in this episode and in these ser- this series that we're teaching, we're focusing on the anointing that abides within because everyone has that in you. If you're born again, that anointing's in there. Yes. That measure of the anointing that abides within you does not increase, yes. but we can increase in our skill of yielding to it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We can increase in our knowledge of what that anointing will do and how to cooperate with that anointing because the anointing is the power of God. You cooperate with the power in a greater way, you get a greater flow of that power. Amen. Amen. So um, this book is written out of an experience in 2018. Jesus came when I was in St. Petersburg, Russia, and he spoke to me in my hotel room one night. And um, so I recorded that event because it's not just for me. It's written for us in this last day era. Amen. And so I've read previous uh, portions of that visitation in previous episodes. So we can only read a portion of it in this episode. And I want to read some of it to you if I could before we go any further. Um, Jesus said to me, one of the things he said to me that night, when Elisha asked, For a double portion of the anointing upon Elijah, Elijah told him he had asked a hard thing. It was not hard for God, but it would call for a hardness of Elisha toward his mind and flesh. He could not be tolerant toward weakness of his mind and flesh if he was to carry a double portion of the anointing. And then Jesus said, you must be sober about the responsibility that anointing calls for. He said this, he said, it calls for you to be pleased to bring yourself in line 
with the responsibilities of the anointing. Now, what would he mean by that? Um, we have to be pleased to put our body under, yes. to yes. renew our minds. Yes. Because that's how we are able to walk uh, where we're not hindering the flow of the anointing that, that flows from within. Uh, a, a mind that thinks wrong, a mind that's undisciplined, a mind that goes where it should not go, touches into what it should not touch in will be a hindrance to the flow of the anointing. A, my, a body that is left without restraint uh, will not be able to receive the greatest flow of the anointing that abides within. And so all of us have to do something with our mind and body and we have to be pleased to deal with that, yes. not leave that our minds unaddressed, yes. not leave our bodies unaddressed. Right. So these are some of the things that he was talking to us about that night. Then Jesus said this to me also. He said, my yoke is light and easy. And he said, you can keep the mind and body under by focusing on two things, continually feeding on the word and having ongoing uh, a, a continual prayer and fellowship with God mm. throughout the day. He said, doing these two things will help keep the door closed to the mind and the flesh through which Satan and his strategies seek to gain entrance. Amen. Then he said, meditate often and much on the lightness and ease of my yoke so that you think right yes. toward these things. Why? Because he's not called us to do something hard. Why? He's already done the hard part. Yes. He gives us the easy part of just yielding yes. and cooperating with his ability and his power that flows through us. Amen. Um, as I said, that night he said to me, in my presence is fullness of joy. So carry out my plan in my presence. Then you will hold yourself in the joy of the flow where the mind and the body are always kept under the dominion of your spirit. Now that's, that's living highest, the highest sense to where you're not being pushed around by your mind and your body telling you what to do, but you're being led by the spirit of God who resides within your spirit. Um, years ago, God said something to me. He said, when you see someone succumb to sin, others will say that sin took them out, but it's not sin that took them out. For Romans 6, uh, Romans 6 tells us that sin no longer has dominion over you, shall not lord it over you, right? Uh, then he said this, if they would have started their day with me, they would have been fortified to take their stand against sin. Their failure was not the sin, it was in not starting with me. Wow. Wow. Well, <laughs> Uh, what's this mean? He's our strength. Yes. He's our strength. Yes. Um, as we feed on his word, our spirit is strengthened. Yes. A strong spirit, when the temptation to sin comes, a strong spirit can say, no, you don't. I will not yield to that. I will not yield to that fear. I will not yield to that worry. I will not yield to that activity. I will not yield to that which that habit that used to hold me because sin no longer has dominion yes, over right. me. Yes. Amen. Amen. So um, to have an outflow of this mighty anointing that's on the inside of every believer, to experience that, start your day with him. Yes. Amen. Yes. Amen. Don't make it a law, make it a flow of your life. Yes. 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 
And starting your day with him does not necessarily mean large segments of time. Sometimes when I wake up, I just will spend time just worshiping and praising God. Sometimes I wake up and I'm just hungry. I'll just start reading the word. I'm just hungry for that word. Sometimes I'll get up and I'll start praying in the spirit. Sometimes I'll get up and I'll start making confessions of the word. What am I doing? I'm turning toward my spirit, towards spiritual activities. That's what he's talking about, being mindful of him and his movement and that flow within us. If we'll start that way each day, it's easily deflected all the opposition that comes to us throughout the day. So we start ourselves, our lives that way, but then we, our daily lives, but then we keep our heart turned toward him all day long. It won't benefit us as it should. If we start by worshiping God, start having our, start our day, turn toward him and then go out and forget about him. But no, we're to have our thoughts turned toward him all throughout the day. And that's just something you have to practice. I said, it's something you have to practice choosing to turn and put our attention on him instead of what comes against us that day. Listen, you know, you know yourself when you have a household, you wake up, there's things that are waiting for you, right? right? There's duties that are waiting on you. There's problems that need to be solved, questions that need to be answered. And if we're not careful, we can step into the duties of the day before we've stepped into fellowship with him. So before we step into the duties of the day, let's take time to step into the fellowship with him by feeding on his word or praying and and don't get rigid and legalistic about it because the letter of the law kills. You start turning things into a law and it takes the life out of things. Have a goal. You may have a goal that uh, how much time you want to spend with the Lord apart from things in the morning. That's fine. Have a goal, but don't get into a law about that goal because what happens that day, if for some reason, you're not able to fulfill that goal that you turned into a law and then you walk under condemnation that day uh, yeah. for not having done what you wanted to fulfill. Right. Right. You see what I'm talking about? Yes. Have a goal, yes. don't make it a law. Uh-huh. Yes. Um, but we can always easily have time to turn and say, thank you, Father. I'm so glad I belong to you. And then call up the scriptures and meditate on scriptures that are in you. Take time, feed on his word. The, the more we make room for him, the less room the enemy has to work, Amen. right? Um, Revelations chapter 3 and verse 20, the Amplified Classic, Jesus was speaking to John and he said this, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears and listens to and heeds my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and will eat with him and he will eat with me. Ah, think of that. We've at the new birth, we opened the door. He came in, he abides, right? But he's in there, not just to occupy, but to have a divine exchange going on. Amen. It says, I will come in to him and will eat with him Mm -hmm. and he will eat with me. Look at this. He's a perfect gentleman. Yes. He will not come in uninvited. Right. Yes. Right. He will not come in uninvited. He enters where room is made for him. Yes. Now, let's talk about our day. He won't come into our day uninvited either. Right. Although he abides in us, 
He will not force himself into the flow of our day uninvited. Throughout the day, we can live in his presence as we make room for him in our thought life and in our meditations. Amen. Just turning our thoughts toward him, we gave him room. How many times we give the opposition room, the worry room, the threat that the accuser of the brethren makes, we'll give that room, turning it over in our thought life. Well, we don't have to. We can already give that room to a higher flow. Amen. Amen. We make room for him by turning our attention and focus toward him and stay away from everything else in our thought life that would draw us away from hearing what he would say. Worry will keep us, will close the door to hearing. Um, Fear, all these things that would, that would threaten our attention. Um, Notice this in James chapter four, verse six, it talks about uh, submit to God. Draw nigh unto me and I'll draw nigh unto you. Draw nigh to him and he will draw nigh unto us. In other words, this, this motion is initiated by us, not him. Yeah, that's right. Meaning this, he comes as close as we come to him. That's yeah. right. yep. If we don't turn toward him, yeah. he's not going to insert himself because if we're not turning, we're not opening the door right. for him in, yeah. in our day that right. day. Yeah. Although he resides within. Yeah. You say, how can he reside within and us not have an open door to him? Well, let me ask you this. Have you ever, have you ever thought about if you went to visit someone and they said, you knocked on the door and they said, oh, welcome, come on in, good to see you. And they invite you to have a seat and then they go off, they go start cleaning the room, go outside, start mowing the lawn and they've left you in the house. Would you go, uh-oh, I think I'm not welcome here, right? Because when you're really welcome, they take their time and they give it to you. If we're not careful what we've done, we've welcomed him in and left him just sitting unattended as we carry out the duties of our day apart from him. No, but we're to stop and uh, bring him into every facet of our day. Amen. By how? Turning our attention. God said something to me some time ago. He said, living in my presence does not come by earning. It comes by turning. He says, no one has ever turned toward me and me not met them there. Amen. Listen, we don't study and pray to earn something. His presence is already there. But we do have to turn toward him to let him know I'm yielding. I'm yielding to what you would say. I'm yielding to how you would lead. I'm yielding to just communion with you and fellowship with you. Psalm chapter 91, verse one, you know it. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the most high shall abide under the shadow of the almighty. What is a secret place? In the spirit. In the spirit, in his presence, the place of his presence. We're not only invited to visit there, but dwell, abide in that place, that mindfulness. Amen. As we abide and occupy the place in the spirit that belongs to us, we go further in spiritual things. Sometimes people say, I just don't know why I'm not advancing spiritually. Well, are you giving yourself Mm -hmm. to spiritual advancement? Mm -hmm. Or are we just giving ourselves to natural advancement, Mm -hmm. to the natural things? Amen. Um, That night when Jesus spoke to me in St. Petersburg, Russia, 
he went on and he said this to me. He said, there is no burden to the responsibilities of the anointing. As you take up your cross to follow me, it lifts you into the lightness and ease of my flow. Mm -hmm. Now, remember, um, one of the things he said to me prior to that statement, and he said, you must, uh, you must be pleased to bring yourself in line with the responsibilities of the anointing. Yes. But then he said, there's no burden to those responsibilities. Mm-hmm. The responsibilities that he gives us in this life are not a burden. That's right. That's right. They're not a burden. They're a joy. Yes. Amen. Yes. Amen. Yes. So he said, there's no burden to the responsibilities to the responsibilities of the anointing. As you take up your cross to follow me, it lifts you into the lightness and ease of my flow. Mm -hmm. Now, I want to tell something that I told on a previous episode about a pastor, a precious pastor. He had a very large church, thousands of people in his congregation. And one day he was just, you know, you get entrenched in that mental arena and you can start, things can start feeling weighty on you. And uh, he said that he had gone aside and he was praying, you know, and he's thinking he's being real spiritual, praying this. And he says, oh God, the burden of this, this office, this pastoral office that I stand in and the burden of all my responsibilities. And he said, while he's praying this, he has a vision. And in this vision, he sees, he sees three crosses on a hill Mm. and he's seeing the scene of Calvary and he's, In this vision, he's walking up to that center cross and he knows in the vision that what he's going to do is take hold of that cross and pick it up. Mm -hmm. Because Jesus said, take take up your cross and follow me. Mm -hmm. That's what he's seeing himself play this vision out before him. And he says, I'm, he says, as I'm going up that hill toward that cross, he says, it's just like I'm getting weightier and weightier and it feels more heavy and burdensome of the act I'm fixing to do of taking up that cross. And he said, and I was so surprised when I took hold of that cross and went to lift it, it lifted me. I didn't have to lift it. It lifted me. That's what Jesus is saying. Take my yoke, my burden. It will lift you. It's not a, when Jesus said, take up my, take up your cross and follow me. He's not talking about a heavy burdens and thing. He already carried that. That's right. Amen. Amen. So this is what, when Jesus said to me, this is what I remembered. I remembered this pastor's vision when Jesus said this to me, because he said, as you take up your cross to follow me, it lifts you into the lightness and ease of my flow. And then he said this, I so loved this because I had never thought about this too much. He said, I never conducted my earthly life as being under a, under a burden of the price I was to pay. Now he knew he was going to be offered up, right? He knew that he would be crucified, that he would bear the burden and the sin of humanity. But he says, my earth, he says, I never conducted my earthly life as being under a burden of the price I was to pay. How did he do that? He had to think right. He wasn't, he was not absorbed with the hardness of the price. He said, my earthly, he said, my life for me was a great joy and delight. I only experienced being a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief for a few brief moments on the cross. 
So what's he saying? He did not let the price he was going to pay color every facet in every part of his daily life. Too many times people get under worry and um, they, they, they become troubled because they're thinking wrongly about things that they have to carry out. You know, um, when, you have a, when you have a child as a, a young parents, they have a child. When I, I remember when I was pregnant with my first son, I didn't think, oh, the weight of having to raise a child. Oh, I'm, he's going to be my responsibility for a long time. Oh, my. I wasn't thinking of the whole scope of it. I would just, as, as the moments came, I would live them. As the responsibilities of being a parent came, I would address it. I did not stand back and look over the course of the whole thing and try to bear the burden of the whole thing. Jesus didn't either. He did not live every day of his life thinking about that moment. He knew that moment was coming when he would become the sacrifice, but he just lived his days as it came. Under joy and peace. Amen. So he said, life for me was a great joy and delight. I only experienced being a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief for a few brief moments on the cross. But listen, if he would have just been thinking about the price he was to pay, if he'd spent his whole 33 years before that moment thinking about it, you know what that's called? Worry. That's what that's called. Worry. Yeah. Thinking about being absorbed with taking on where I'm headed, what's going to come. That's called worry. And we're redeemed from it. (laughs) Don't permit it to be thinking about what is coming is worry. And I'm talking about from a responsibility side and getting under the burden of that. So he said, I only experienced being a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief for a few brief moments on the cross. But I carried sorrows and burdens so that you would never experience them for a moment. So if we're experiencing burden and sorrows, we're doing it wrong. And it's not the devil's fault. We're thinking wrong. Jesus said, in bearing them, talking about griefs and sorrows. He said, I freed you from them so you would only live your life under that which was light and easy. The light and easy flow. That's what belongs to us. If we're living less than that, if we're living anything hard and burdensome, you're invited to a different flow. You're invited to a different flow. Amen. Amen. He said this, you need this to accomplish the fullness of my will. Mm. So now move into it and you will be lifted above that which tries to trouble you. As you walk daily in this direction, you will see difficulties and challenges fall off of you. Amen. 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 If it's not light and easy, it's not my flow. If it's not light and easy, it's not your flow. Worry is not light and easy. Fear is not light and easy. Amen. Where am I going to get the next, my, my next paycheck from? That's not your flow. You just, you just fill up with the word, obey what God tells you to do. Listen to how he's leading to leading you. Respond to the word, be a doer of the word just every day. And as you walk out his word, your answers will show up in your life. Amen. 
So Jesus said this. He said, take my yoke upon me, uh, upon you. And he said, and learn of me. Amen. This is how he did it. Amen. This is how he did it. Jesus lived his life in his father's presence. Mm-hmm. You'll remember that before he was crucified, um, he, it says in Hebrews said he shrank, and this is the Amplified Classic translation, said he shrank from the horrors of separation from his father. Mm-hmm. Why? Because he was separated from his father when he was paying the price for our sin. Yes. Yes. He had never been separated. Yes. His father the awareness of his father had been part of his everyday life. That's what we're invited to. When Jesus said, take my yoke upon upon you and learn of me, that's what we're to learn. That's one aspect we're to learn. He lived mindful of his father. Remember what he would say in the midst of miracles being worked? He said, my father in me, he does the works. Even while the miracles are going on, he's thinking about his father that did it. Yes. Amen. He's not thinking about, oh, these people are sick. I've got to come up with something. No, the Father in me, He does the work. Amen. Whatever God's commanded of your life and what He's called you to do, it's the Father in you empowering you and enabling you to do it. Do you have work to do? Yes, the work of cooperating. But He's the operator and we're the co-operator. We just cooperate with what He's operating on. We just carry it out with his ability. Amen. Amen. Jesus lived mindful of his, of the father's presence. He was ever had his attention that direction. You can do that. Every day of your life, learn to turn your attention toward him. The best way to do that is worshiping. Father, I thank you. Just while you're riding down the road in your car, while you're running errands, while you're cleaning the house, while you're fixing things, while you're just doing the daily things of life, learn to praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Remember what the psalmist said? His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Ah, that's how to be continually mindful of the greater one. And that's how to yield to that anointing that abides within you all the time. time. Every day of your life, that anointing can flow as you're mindful of the greater one within you and of his ability that's moving and working in you. What a lightness, what a ease, what a joy. Amen. Well, we've been ministering out of my book called The Price of the Double Portion Anointing. We want you to get your copy of it. It'll be a blessing to you. Listen, it'll be a specific help to those who are called to fivefold ministries, but what a help to the everyday life of the believer because we need to become more skillful in all he's blessed us with. And uh, you can go to our website at jesusthehealer.org and you can purchase your copy there and we'll get it right out to you. You don't want to miss next time. And until next time, remember this. Jesus is the healer. God bless you. To watch or listen to today's message and other messages by Nancy Dufresne, visit DufresneMinistries.org. Come join us for our Jesus the Healer Crusade in Fresno, California at Elite Event Venue located at 4105 West Fig Garden Drive, Fresno, California, 93722. The dates are March 25th through the 29th. For more information and to register, visit our website at DufresneMinistries.org. Come expecting miracles. 
If you need prayer, please call our prayer line. We have trained ministers on staff who are ready to agree with you for your miracle. We invite you to join us for our annual prayer conference here at World Harvest Church in Marietta, California, April 9th through the 11th. We would like everyone attending to pre-register on our website at defrainministries.org. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at defrainministries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, submit a prayer request, or visit our online store. Thank you to the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries for making this production possible.